This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast brought to you by Art Wiederman, CPA with Ide Bailey. Whether it's taxes and investing or planning wisely, Art is the expert to make your dental practice profitable. At Ide Bailey, what inspires you inspires us. We provide a suite of accounting and advisory services dedicated to the total care of your practice. Visit our website to access our tools and resources tailored for dentists, idebailey.com slash dentist. That's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com slash dentist. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Art Wiederman, CPA, and Ide Bailey, LLP are not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information or opinions shared. If you have questions and or feedback, make sure to email Art over at awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. You can also give Art a call at 657-279-3243. Without further delay, here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast with Art Wiederman, CPA. I'm your host, Art Wiederman, and welcome to my podcast. Can't believe it, guys. It's early 2024. Time to start thinking about what are we going to do to make 2024 successful? Uh, we're out of a pandemic where things are back. We got our challenges in dentistry. We've got challenges in every industry, in every profession. But you know, one of my passions, I always tell people I should not have gone to accounting school. I should have become a marketing major because I love marketing and I love lecturing and I love doing this podcast. And uh, about you know four or five months ago, I was introduced uh, by one of the dental bankers. Like my friends at Bank of America introduced me um, to the wondrous dental marketing agency. Uh, they're located in San Diego in a town called Point Loma, one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And I actually, I went down there and I met with their folks and I'm a culture guy and I love culture and I love companies that have great culture. And you walk into this 8,000 square foot facility and, and they've got, you know, everything's out in the middle of the, of, of the rooms and computers and there's people talking and there's people strategizing about marketing and they've got ping pong tables. And I, I mean, and, and I met with them and I was just so blown away and I have been blown away by a, a, a dental marketing company in a long time. I said, I got to have these guys on the podcast. So today, uh, my guests are going to be uh, the founders of the Wondrous Dental Marketing Agency, Michael Anderson and Laura Maley. They are husband and wife, uh, wonderful, wonderful people. And we're going to talk about 2024, what should your marketing plans look like, all the things that you need to be considering, websites, social media, all these different things, and they are the experts, and I'm really excited about this. And and folks, uh, I, I I might have mentioned this on my podcast, you know, before, um, but I had a a mentor of mine told me that uh, the day you stop marketing your business is the day your business starts to die, and to this day I believe that. So. We're going to get some great information from Michael and Laura in a minute. First, a couple of announcements, as I usually do. And one thing I want to bring you up to date on, um, this podcast is going to air either in late January or early February of 2024. Um, I am very excited about my affiliation with Decisions in Dentistry magazine. Uh, they are the premier clinical magazine in the country. 
Uh, they have an amazing website. Go to their website at www.decisionsindentistry.com. Uh, they uh, offer 140 continuing education courses at a great, great price. Um, and uh, we are starting to work with them and building out a business part. And again, I'll have some information for you uh, coming up here in, in early 2024 and also some webinars uh, that we're going to be doing. Um, the other thing is, again, you know, we're getting started with the year. Um, at this point, the CPA firm that I'm affiliated with, I'm a dental division director for the CPA firm of Ide Bailey. Uh, I'm out of Tustin, California. Uh, and so your CPA right now should be sitting down with you and figuring out, okay, what's the tax plan for 2024? How much should my estimated payments be? Should I up my withholding? Should I be looking at a retirement plan? Should I be buying new equipment? Look at a new facility. If you're not getting that, and it's funny, my, my good friend in my Academy of Dental CPAs, um, Bob Gray in Pennsylvania, always says, if your CPA doesn't know the difference between medial and distal, you should find one who does. And um, you know, I always struggle with those two terms, but I do know what they mean. And basically, if you're looking for a dental CPA who lives and breathes the profession, uh, I will celebrate my 40th year in dentistry on the day after Labor Day. It's amazing how fast time flies when you're having fun. Give me a call, 657-279-3243. My email is awiederman, W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N, at idebailey.com. One more thing I want to touch on. Now, this happened a couple months ago, and we record these, you know, four to eight weeks out. So this just happened in when we're recording here in mid-December, uh, but it's still going to be applicable. The Internal Revenue Service, and I've been talking about the Employee Retention Tax Credit for a long time and my feelings on it, and that there's a lot of bad players out there. The IRS in December um, basically said they, they said that they are going to deny 20,000 applications for the ERTC. That's telling you folks that if you think you got your ERTC and you haven't cashed the check or you, you filed and you're not sure you're entitled, you probably should think about maybe giving it back because they're going to, you know, they're going to deny it and they're going to up their audits. So I just want to let everybody know all of that. It's just a, it's another whole podcast, which we won't get into today. Be sure to check out our new Ide Bailey podcast, Ebb and Flow, a business podcast providing inspired insight on issues and trends the middle market faces. Hear unique business stories, get answers to frequently asked and unasked questions, and understand business topics that matter to you. Available now on your favorite podcast platform. All right. Well, with that said, I want to get to my guests, um, Michael Anderson and Laura uh, Mailey of Wondrous Dental Marketing Agency. As I mentioned earlier, they are a dental-specific marketing agency. I think um, when I met with uh, one of their directors, uh, Joanne Pickett, she was telling me that that uh, Wondrous works with somewhere in the neighborhood of about 800 dentists. And I'm looking at Michael and Laura on the screen; they're nodding their heads. Um, again, they work with uh, you know they're all about um, uh, their data-driven uh, data-driven results, personalized design. And again, I was just really, really impressed by what they do and how they do it. And I've had several people in my industry tell me, hey, these guys are the real deal. So Michael and Laura, welcome to the Art of Dental Finance and Management. Thanks for having us. Thank you. 
Well, so uh, again, I, I love the I loved your office. You got you got ping pong tables. What else you got down there? You got, I mean, did I did I see a bar there? No, no, am I imagine it? We have a dartboard, we have cold brew and kombucha on tap. There's a beer fridge and a wine fridge and I don't know what else do we have here. God, we, there, there's there's always somebody's Bags. dog that's walking around the office. Yeah. So it's you know I it's, saw it's funny. that. It's so, funny. I think you know my my roots were in this sort of tech startup space, and and you know there's this idea of what a cool office should look like. And and I'll be honest, you know we we've worked to check those boxes, but I think the thing I always come back to, and the thing we're the most proud of, is it. it I love there's this this story about this study that came out, and the summary of it is. Good culture is not about having a ping pong table. It's about having the trust and buy-in of your team that if someone gets up in the middle of the day and wants to play ping pong, they're not judged for it. And I think that's one of the things that we've just been able to do so well is you, you could strip all the fun things out of the office. And it's that culture of trust. It's the DNA of the team that really ultimately makes makes the culture special. And doctors, that's what we teach is that if you have a culture where everybody is coming into the office and they're bickering with everybody and their personal lives are all over the place and and they're frowning, your dental practice is not going to do well. Whereas if you have a culture like what Michael and Laura have, um, you know, those people, I'm sure these people thrive in your environment. So uh, tell us a little bit about your journey and how Wondrous came to be. Yeah. So we've been doing this for 11 years and um, it's kind of hard to believe, honestly. And uh, early in the early in the journey, it was just me. Um, I had a friend who was a dentist and I had been working for the movies on the lot at Sony Pictures, which sounds real sexy, but it wasn't. It was terrible. And he called and he said, hey, you know, I, I know you do this for big clients, like marketing for big clients. Could you do it for a little client like a dentist? And I was like, I, I don't know. Let's give it a try. And so he's a very excellent clinician and a really good businessman. And between he and I, we started making the phone ring and he opened a second and a third location and took on a couple more clients. And really what I was doing at that point, I have an agency background and a client side background, but mostly agency. And um, I was doing the things that I knew how to do. And then I would find people to build websites and do photo and video shoots because I didn't know how to do that stuff. And so then I would manage the pieces that I didn't know how to do. And then Michael and I met um, out in Milwaukee one night and we had uh, we had an exchange at a nice restaurant and I, I picked him up and he he bit. And so we ended up texting <laughs> that night. What, what was yeah. your, was there a pickup? I, when I, when I met my wife in an aerobics class, my pickup line was who does your taxes? <laughs> what was your pickup line, Laura? I, I, in addition to doing Wanderist, I was also teaching yoga in Japan. And so I had, I had just come back from Japan and I had um, two business cards in my wallet. I had my Wanderist business card and I had my yoga business card and I was 27 or 28 years old. I think we decided and uh, I took the better at bat and I handed him my yoga business card because on the back of my business card was a photo of me topless from behind with my hands above my head and a giant braid going down my back. And so, you know, I picked, I played to win. I'm a man of simple taste. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, remember that there, there, there's two types of podcasts, the ones that get into stuff like we're not going down that road, but that's, no. that's very cool. If she'd asked me who did my taxes, I still would have gone out with her. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't doubt it. So, so. so he, he had the startup background. 
and and could do all the things that I didn't know how to do. He could build a website. He could do photo and video. And he was like, I, I think you're kind of onto something here because, you know, half of doing a startup is finding a problem in a market. And he's like, and I think you have a problem. And so pretty much right away, we decided to start working on Wondrous together. And this is definitely the PG version I'm giving you. But if you want the, the R-rated version, that's for a glass of wine whenever anybody wants it. And, and, we, and we will do that, but not yes. on this podcast. And we had a we had a great time just kind of diving in and we immediately started dating and working on the business all at once. And so it was really a um, fun trajectory. We started out at a hundred with a hundred dollar bill at a kitchen table and just working nights and weekends and doing everything ourselves. And so, you know, if there's a job at Wondrous, we've had it because we used to do it. And, um, and then, you know, slowly but surely we've gained clients over the course of the last 10 years and yeah. 11 years. And now we're up to just shy of 800 or right around 857 employees down here in San Diego. And it's just been fun. We really like building things. That's, that's definitely the crux of all this. It's fun to build. Well, that, that, that's a great story. And I want to, so let, let's, I want to cover as much as I can and touch on as much as I can, because marketing is, you know, I, I tell people that, you know, you just, I've had dentists who have said to me, oh, I'm just going to send out 10,000 mailers and that's my marketing plan. And that's not a marketing plan. There's a lot of things they cover, but let's start with the 35,000 foot view guys. Okay. A dentist walks up to you one day at a center and says, oh my God, I think I need a better marketing strategy for my practice. Um, on a high level, before we get into the weeds, you know, what are the, what are the questions that we ask? What, what do you, when you see somebody who says, I need help, what do you start with? Uh, we start with the with the what are your goals? Where are you, what do you want? What kind of patients do you want? Who's your best case scenario? Who do you like to see in the seat? How many new patients are you getting a month now? And how many would you like to be getting? What kinds of casework are they doing? How are your phone answering skills with the front desk? How are you closing? How are you closing people when they're at chairside? Um, what other questions do we think about? I, I, I mean, I, I think just broadly speaking, it's really understanding goals. And, and what I would say, it's amazing how frequently this is where uh, marketing plans fail, right? And, and it could start with the marketing agency not taking the time to ask. I, and the reason we know this is because when we were much earlier, I think all the time we didn't ask, right? We would just say, okay, you know, you'd start chasing the, the thing that you were asked about. Oh, you're interested in a website? Let's talk about that. For me, it's what are your goals? And what services do you offer? And then it's our job as a marketing agency to put together a plan that we feel in your market with your target audience meets those goals. And, and I think one of the key things to understand early on, I always would you know feel bad putting a bigger marketing plan in front of someone. I'd say, well, maybe this is too expensive for them. I don't know. And now for me, it's all about you tell me what your goals are. We'll put a plan in place that we think will do that. And if that doesn't fit your budget, or if your CPA comes in and says, well, we got to control that marketing line item a little bit more, then we're at least aligned in, in what we're doing. We're, we're going to spend a little less. Uh, we're, we may not hit the goals that we want in the same time frame we want, but we know why we're doing that. And so I think it all starts with goals. Yeah. And I think you know, if you're doing a, if you're a dentist in New York City and you want to do Invisalign cases, that's going to be a different budget than somebody who's in Milwaukee and wants to do Invisalign cases. Those are two totally different markets, two totally different price points, two totally different approaches. Yep. Well, this CPA believes in marketing and this CPA would like to see, uh, you know, we usually see 
you know, <laughs> one, one and a half percent of one's gross revenue spent on marketing. Uh, you know, obviously, we'll talk about as the practice is if it's a brand new practice, we got to spend a lot more on marketing. If it's a mature practice, maybe not. But the point is, is that, you know, you've got to spend money, folks, to make money. And, and that's what these folks do. So let's get into that, because, again, I, I could spend five hours on the phone with you guys. And it's just like, I wish I could, but I don't have that time. Um, <laughs> let's get into some of the weeds. Let's start about start talking about websites. Talk to me about, I mean, I've seen websites that, like, I just wouldn't even look at. And I've seen other websites. Wow, this is really cool. What do you guys, what, what are some things dentists should look at when they're looking at a website, having a website? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I love your let's zoom out to the 30,000 foot view again. And, and I would do that here as well. And that, sure. you know, oftentimes what happens when when we talk about marketing is people talk about channels, right? Someone will say, well, tell me about direct mail or talk about SEO or talk about websites. More importantly, we'll have dentists that'll say, well, I've tried doing social media. I've tried doing Google ads and it hasn't worked for me. And I think whether it's a website, whether it's a social media campaign, the number one thing that you need to do is you need to have something to say that people will connect to. You need to have a story. More importantly, you need to ditch stock images and you need to embrace authentic photo and video content. Let's look at this one other way. You know, it's it's Friday uh, and we're thinking about going out to dinner somewhere. Can you imagine trying to pick an Italian restaurant, going on their website and seeing stock photos of food and stock photos of the restaurant? You'd say, next, let's you know swipe right. We're going to or swipe left. I never know which one it is. And, and uh, <laughs> you're going to find a place that you can see the, the, the waiters you're going to meet that night, the food you're going to have. And dentistry is no different. So to bring it back to websites, if there's one takeaway from today, pull up your website, you know, on your phone right now or on your computer and take a look. And are you showing off the team? Are you showing off the space? Are you using social proof, photos of cases and patients? Or are there lots of stock images? And if there are stock images on your website, um, if you don't use video to tell stories, then I promise you there are competitors probably clients of ours that are right <laughs> down the street. And that's how you can get a patient who's searching at eight o'clock at night. How do I find a dental home that I feel comfortable in to stop and say, whoa, this place feels different. I can imagine myself there. So ditching stock images and leveraging authentic photo and video content is the number one thing that you want to do on your dental website to make sure it's successful. I mean, I mean, maybe the, the way to think about it too, uh, Michael and Laura, is doctors look at your website and say would i go to this dental office yeah. <laughs> you know that's one way to think about it so that that's a great tip on um uh, on 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 websites so um you know i i, I use you know whenever i talk to clients when i would do my planning sessions i i this is a fun that's why i said i should have been in your profession not in my profession i get on the internet on our screen in the conference room and i pull them up on google and i'll go you know, Newport Beach dentist, La Jolla dentist, whatever it is. And I look for them and it's shocking to me how a lot of them will be sitting there with their mouths open and go, I'm not on page one. I'm not on page two. I'm not on page three. And if you're not on page one, you might as well not even be on the internet. So, so talk about, um, you know, talk about this, about uh, SEO and why it's so important and, and what you know mistakes people make and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you want me to take that? So, I mean, if you think about it, there are, there are 
when we're looking to make a decision about a pair of pants, about a CPA, about a new dentist, everyone is going online to look for options, to affirm their decision-making process, to see what kind of reviews are out there, things like that. When somebody is going in an online experience to confirm an online decision or a decision before they pick up the phone, we want to make sure that we're there front and center. Well, how do you get there? You do that through organic search. And so what we do is there's three parts of SEO. It sounds kind of like a, it's, it's very ethereal. I feel like and it's not always a good way to explain it. What we say is it's the ongoing chess match to get yourself to rank higher in search results. And we work to make sure that the keywords that are most important, that are most searched are the ones that we're working on and the ones that are most important to your practice. And there's three elements of SEO. One is on-site optimization. So that's aligning with Google's best practices. So aligning our websites with Google's best practices, following the things that we know are indicative of great rankings. And then the second piece of that is what's called off-site optimization. That's listing management. That's backlinking. Well, that's I should say that's more of the, the backlinking. So it's like, are there places in your community where you are participating that somebody could link back to your website? What do I mean by that? Um, we are, uh, I sit on the board of directors of the San Diego Dental Foundation. And so that website has a backlink to Wondrist. Um, maybe it's your local chamber of commerce that you're doing stuff with. Maybe it's a local networking group. Maybe it's a mommy blogger in your area. All of these people linking back to your site say to Google, hey, great work. We see that you're relevant in your community and that's good with us. That means you're relevant to us. And so we're going to rank you better. And then the third piece is listing management. So if you go online, there's all kinds of these listing repositories all over the internet. And it has your name, address, and phone, your NAP. And we want to make sure that those are aligned across the internet because that's also another indicator to Google that, hey, you're consistent and we see that you're relevant and trustworthy and therefore we're going to rank you better. Those are the three major parts of SEO. And so, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say is uh, it, it's I, I use this on the podcast too. We talk about Google and I, I'll say to audiences, and this came from one of my good friends who's a dental consultant, um, what's the number one search engine? Google. What's the number two search engine? Who cares? Right? Pretty much, yeah. and 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 you know, five star Google reviews. I also know it's it's been kind of important. Isn't it important to have a good mobile, uh, you know, a mobile app and mo mobile, you know, uh, I, should I say thing? I'm not a marketing person. Experience, but, yeah, yeah, mobile experience because Google does not like it when you don't have that. Is that right? Yeah. So back in the day when you would build sites, you would have a mobile site and you would have a regular site. They don't do that anymore. Best practice is to have one site that provides a really great experience both on your phone or on. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. But there's definitely sites out there that there's still two. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, that that's good. But that's that's great information about SEO. Now I know a lot of people, some of my dentists use Google AdWords, pay per click, and I and obviously those are the ones that are at the top because they're paying for it. Talk about that and how you use that in a marketing plan. Do you like to use that with dental practices? So, you know, if you look at SEO or organic search and then you think about Google ads, they're kind of, you know, the left hand shaking the right hand. So we know that 85% of people go online to do research about major financial decisions or healthcare. And that means they're going to Google to do research. And either you're going to 
focus on SEO strategies like Laura described to rank on that, you know, rank in the top of Google. And Google's actually even shifted away from having that first page, second page. It's more of an infinite scroll now, but you know you need to be in those top results for someone to find you. If you're ranked number 20, it, it's, you know, it's not going to help. Or you can pay to jump to the top. And so the idea here is if you're a newer practice, if you're a practice that hasn't invested a lot in your marketing over the years or your digital marketing, uh, or your practice is looking for acute growth in one or two specific service areas, you just started placing implants, you're focusing on Invisalign, Google ads can be a really great way to capture market share, capture eyeballs right away. You can say, hey, I'd like to start getting more Invisalign cases next month. Well, with organic SEO, it, it doesn't work that way. We can't snap our fingers and say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll show up on page one next month. It's going to take some time. But you can pay Google to put an ad when someone searches for, you know, Invisalign dentist near me or, you know, emergency dental implant. The powerful thing about Google organic search and Google ads is that you're reaching people at a point of decision for the exact thing you offer. So as a marketing agency, we can go in and say, well, what are the services you care most about? All on X, dental implants, crowns, emergencies, general dental, specific insurances. We can target those keywords that people search and we can place an ad right at the top. And that is one of the best ways for us to capture new patients and turn them on right away so that you can have a big difference from one month to the other and say, wow, the phone is ringing a lot more. <clears throat> so I want to I want to give a kind of a reality check to my doctors out there who are on, you know, I know you said it's one scrolling list, but who are way down there and they hire you guys to get them to the top of Google. That doesn't happen in two weeks or four weeks. It takes time, right? Yes. So I think, you know, if you're thinking about, hey, being an established practice in a major city and the guy walk, guy down the street builds a practice and he ranks number one for the most search term, which is dentist near me and unseats you after a decade of long, decade long, you know, striving for that one position and you get it. And that guy unseats you. Google doesn't like that. That's not going to happen. So we have to manage expectations there. SEO is an ongoing chess match. It's going to take three to six months to really start feeling that momentum, start feeling that growth, start seeing those results go up. And we can track that. And so there's a lot of tools that we use here at Wonderist in our dashboard and then outside sources that we can see these increases over the course <clears throat> of time and we can see improvement over the course of time. And when you're looking at an agency, you should be able to have, they should be able to justify that to you every month. They should be able to show that to you every month. So two, two things to add. One you know, for me, what's the two most important things when it comes to local SEO? Because that's what we're talking about. The first one, reviews. If you don't have a strategy to capture Google reviews, it's going to be harder to, to rank. And number two is content on your website. So I think sometimes people hear SEO and they say, oh, it's this black box. It's magic. I don't know what that means. Google is a search engine that evaluates content. And so here's a simple example. If you want to place more all on X cases and you don't have all on a, a dedicated page about all on X or a blog that features cases that you do, Google doesn't know. It's not going to be able to consider you when people search for those terms. So our job as a marketing agency is to add quality content to the websites of the clients we work on 
And we've got a team of in-house copywriters. They're not, you know, overseas somewhere. They're in our office. You came in, you met some of them. And oh, yeah. they write about dentistry every single day. And that makes a huge difference. So that that's, you know, that's paramount um, to, to success. And the, the big challenge with Google, as I don't have to tell you this, is, you know, Google changes their algorithm algorithms hourly, daily. I mean, so it's your job to stay on top of what they're doing, what they like, what they don't like, because if you're doing stuff that they don't like, you're not going to be as successful, right? Yeah. So Google will at least tell us about an algorithm change, maybe once a quarter or it can change. Sometimes it can be stacked up. Um, Sometimes it can go for a long period of time, but undoubtedly there are changes all the time. I I would also say that, you know, in my experience, people get very caught up in this idea that the world of marketing changes all the time and, and you know, we've got to be cutting edge. I, I remember a couple of years ago, everyone was asking me about smart speakers. Well, you know, is Google dead and now we're all going to be searching on our smart speakers? And, you know, t- today people are asking about AI or TikTok. And the reality for most small businesses is that the pace of marketing moves slowly for them and for most of the world. And the, the, the number one thing you can do is create good content. Right. And that's that's what everybody skips. They're like, oh, the the creating good content part, that sounds hard. Let me go find an easy button. What about Facebook? If I just post a lot and hit a button, will I get more patience? And the answer is no. I like to take an old school Don Draper approach where if you think about it back in the 50s, what did they have? Magazines, radio, TV and billboards. And what did they need to do? They need to put something on the billboard that that got your attention, that made your head turn and and say, oh, I remember that. you know what? The channels have changed, but the people haven't. We still want to be entertained. We still want to remember things. We still want to connect. And so the billboard maybe is less important today and and a Facebook post is. But if you're posting something on Facebook that people scroll past, it doesn't matter. So I cannot encourage people enough to create authentic content, pull your phones out, take a video and post it or put it on your website. So that brings us in again. I I, I would love to do this for hours and hours, but I, I um, let's talk about uh, social media. I mean, social media is so critical today. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, to, or X, TikTok. I mean, all this. Talk about at a, at a high level. I mean, what do you guys do with clients as far as their social media marketing? So I think the best social media marketing will always come from within the practice, right? It, that, that's the nature of social media. It's, it's you know, for me, the our highest performing practice will designate someone. And I would say add it to their job description, pay them a little more money and work with them to create consistent content expectations on a weekly basis. We're in the holiday season right now, you know, or we're, we're exiting the holiday season and, 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 you know, capture, or did you do a, a fun pajama party day? Did you do a gift exchange? Did you go out for a holiday party? Those are things you should be capturing. Um, so that's the ideal case scenario. Where does Wondrist come in? Well, Wondrous comes in when, you know, clients, and it's the majority of the dental practices we have, don't have the discipline or the talent or the team to do that. And what we do is we come in and we build a content strategy for you. We hold your hand and create accountability on a weekly basis to say, this week, this is the challenge. Here's what the the, the content we need created looks like. And, um, and then we... We ideally work with someone on your team, hold them accountable and get some content. In addition to that, we create uh, supplemental content and we post it for our clients. We do all the targeting, all the hashtag creation, 
And, um, and we really extend content so that you're staying relevant and you're staying in front of audiences all the time because, and this is the way I like to look at it, back 20 years ago, if you went on a bus, what would you see people do? And they had a, a newspaper out, right? You couldn't even see their face. Today, you go on an airplane, you, you, you go anywhere, you go to a restaurant, people are on their phones. What are they usually on? Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, right? That's, that's, that's the new newspaper. That's the new place we go to get information. Um, and it's such a great way for local businesses to, at an affordable rate, get in front of them. And there's two ways to do it. One's organic. You post on your own. The other is you, you post content and you put money behind it. And what's so powerful, imagine back in the day, you want to advertise in a magazine. Well, you, you put an ad in there. It goes to every single household. With social media, you could say, hey, I just want to put an ad in the magazines that go to a household where there's a mom between the age of 25 and 45, and she has an interest in, you know, beauty and aesthetics and, 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 and you keep adding stuff to it. Wow, would that have been mind blowing 30 years ago to do that? Well, that's what social media does today. You can literally target the exact people you want with the exact interest you want and stay in front of them, which is super powerful. And it's huge. And people get uh, patients from social media because that's where people are finding this. I like this. I'm going to call them. All right. So I want to take a second, guys, and talk to you just again. Uh, I'm very passionate about marketing. I really am. I, as I, I've told you guys, I should have been. I should have gone into marketing instead of accounting. And um, it is really, really, really important that you guys have a good marketing plan. We're at the beginning of 2024, and you know, again, I I get. I'll be real honest with you. I get calls and emails five to 10 a month from people that want to be on my podcast. And I don't generally return those. I work with people I want to work with. I work with people I've been referred to. So uh, I want to, I want to let Laura and Michael tell you a little bit about the wondrous agency. And then I'll, you know, you guys will talk about how you can, uh, you know, people can get a hold of you. So tell us a little bit, first of all, where did you get the name wondrous? There should definitely be some, Michael's going to kick me under the table. There definitely should be some brand story at this point. But the truth is, is I was traveling and it was originally Wanderist because I was traveling while I was doing the business, but nobody could pronounce it. So it turned into Wanderist. <laughs> and that is that. Every, <laughs> it's every just name a made up word that sounded cute. And I think it's, it's a reflection of us. Honestly, the wonder is very much a... a big piece of our culture here. And I think maybe while the origin story is not sexy, the story today is very much in alignment with who we are. We are a very curious bunch. Um, we are a very driven bunch. And we're always wondering how we can be better, faster, stronger. And it it leaves us pushing ourselves and and finding better ways constantly. And so I think the 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 brand fits. The brand fits. So you 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 guys have you work you work nationwide you work in California where do you work? So yeah, we work across the country. We have uh, over 800 dentists that we serve today. Um, we you know have a strong expertise in startups. We've gosh launched probably close to 400. Um, you know, and and that's difficult because you know you're you, you can't hide with a startup. It's not like you can go in and there's already patients coming in. If if marketing doesn't work, everybody knows. But in addition to that, we've got a uh, strong contingent of you know acquisitions, established practices, and uh, emerging and larger DSOs. So we work across the board. We work with all specialists. We've got a, a lot of experience marketing implants and all on X, all on four cases. Um, as far as what we actually do, 
it kind of is broken up into to three categories. The first one is how do we help you tell your story? We've, we've talked about that today. How do we get that authentic content? Well, you know, first of all, you need to have a website that that does that for you. And so we build semi-custom and custom websites. We also design beautiful brands for dentists. So we've, we've you know, branded hundreds of practices across the country. And then we have teams that travel every single week of the month and do photo and video shoots across the country. Once we have a story to tell, then it's our job to get it out, get the word out there, find channels that reach the target audience you have. And that's where we do SEO, Google ads, social media, uh, and, and really any digital content marketing. And then the last piece, which we're so excited about because it's really brand new to dentistry and marketing in general is we have a CRM that we give every client. It tracks phone calls and it generates a list of leads so that when you talk to us on a monthly basis and say, how's the campaign performing? We can literally show you the list of leads we've generated and we know your front desks are busy. So what we do is we build automated drip sequences. What this means is that somebody comes into your lead list. Let's say they fill out a form on your website. Am I a good fit for a dental implant? Uh, do I do, do I you know, do you accept my insurance? And then from there, we will send a text and an email and a text and an email in a drip sequence until they schedule online or until they call your office. And so that has been a game changer for our clients. It's one of the things that makes our agency special and different. There's really nobody else doing it the way that we are. And to add a cherry on top, in 2024, we're the first agency in the country that's really figured out how to integrate our our marketing reporting with actual practice management. That means that we can look at the marketing leads we've generated, phone calls, form fills, and we can compare it to the patients you have in your practice and actually tell you how many of the leads we generated actually turned into patients, how much revenue collections was generated, and uh, and take the guesswork out of marketing performance evaluation. And that's at the bottom line what dentists want. I gave you some money for marketing. What did I get back? And we don't have to ask the front desk anymore to do that work. It's all integrated and built in. If you have Dentrix, Eaglesoft are opened. 85% of dentists have those three. That, that's very cool. Also, one of the things I get, so before I forget, um, if if folks want to get a hold of you and doctors, if you don't think that your marketing plan is working, or better yet, you don't have a marketing plan, um, you know uh, these guys will talk to you. They'll tell you what they do. We'll see if it's a fit. Uh, I would encourage you to give them a call. So, Michael and Laura, what is the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you? Yeah, you can visit us at wondrousagency.com and then uh, you can book an appointment uh, through there with Forrest, Garrett, or Chris, who are on our business development team and they're delightful. And uh, otherwise, you can find us on social media, on Instagram or Facebook, and send us a message there as well. I met Forrest and we talked for a good 20 minutes. The guy is amazing. So I would encourage you to to, to do that and uh, go on the. So it's W O N D E R I S T agency, right? You got it. Okay, sounds good. All right, let's move on with our conversation. Um, you know, let's talk about, you know, we all live on the computers. We've been talking about social media. We're talking about Google. But what about print design? I mean, I, I remember when I moved to Laguna Hills, California in 1994, um, I got probably, oh my gosh, I probably got 15 coffee cups in the mail from all the dentists in the area. It was amazing. Um what do you guys, do you guys still work with print media? What do you do with it? How is it part of a marketing plan? 
Yeah. I mean, it just kind of depends on what you're looking to accomplish with the practice and so, or with your own goals. So I, I certainly think that there is a spot in the, in the world for print magazine, you know, direct mail, it just depends. And so if you're thinking about, um, opportunities and evaluating opportunities on like a print standpoint, it's just going to depend on, on who you're looking for. I'll say right now we have a, there's a local magazine here. That's, that's in Rancho Santa Fe, which is a supremely high household income Very area, high. San Diego. And if you are aligned with that aesthetic and you're running in that social circle and your name, people might know anyway, then that might be a nice place for you to have some brand presence. But do I think it's a place where you want an offer? I don't know. It's going to depend on what you're looking to offer. If you're talking about direct mail, um, you know, if you are looking at downtown Austin in a super hip and trendy neighborhood that's really young, I probably would say, hey, direct mail is not going to perform as well. But if you're in a mid-level income suburban community that's a little bit older, where maybe there's uh, two people per household and they're probably retired, maybe have a little passive income, and you want to run an implant special or a crown or bridge special or a denture special, you might see some traction there. And so a lot of it is meeting the meeting the message or like Michael was saying, you know, what what are we saying? And then what's the channel? What are we saying in the channel? And how are we saying it? And then putting it out to the universe. So yes, I, I think there is certainly a world in which print media matters. And especially also when you're doing high-end cases like all on X and somebody's meeting with the doctor or the treatment coordinator, print material is also what they're walking out of the practice with. Are you giving them a really chic folder that has some casework in it, something for them to look at? Are you having the treatment coordinator walk through that with them before they walk out the door and, and have a quote in the case, in the case acceptance file in this beautifully printed glossy magazine or beautifully printed glossy folder? That's a piece of experience. That's a piece of tangible experience. And that is not marketing per se outbound, but that's marketing internally. That also is a really nice thing to evaluate. Say, do I want to have something like that? Do I think it will help me sell the case? And so that's another piece of marketing also that doesn't often get talked about. I mean, at the end of the day, when a new patient walks into to a dental office, when a new client walks into Wondrous, when a new client comes to Ide Bailey, we want that new client customer patient to walk out of their first experience and run and tell all their friends, oh my gosh, I went to Dr. Smith's office and it was the most amazing dental experience I've had in, in my case, 64 years of life. And you've got to go there. And that's, that's what you're talking about, right, Laura? Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. All right. Uh, Michael, you mentioned branding a little earlier. And let, let's get into that. I mean, because we know that in... Um, uh, I mean, there's 32,000 dentists in the state of California. There's 200,000 dentists in the United States. Um, there's, you know, d depending, I mean, if you're in a town of 5,000, you might be the only dentist. But if you're in uh, in my neighborhood or your neighborhood, there's a dentist on lots of the corners that we are. So how do we brand? How do we differentiate? Talk about how you approach branding for a client. Yeah. So our, our team loves the branding process. It's super fun. We get a chance to just get to know the clients and, and, you know, there's lots of ways to create a logo. Let's start there, right? You can go on Fiverr, you can go on any countless number of online services and spend a couple hundred bucks and, and you can get uh, a bunch of logos delivered back. And what, what does that look like? Oftentimes you're dealing with a bunch of templates that you get fired back and, and really anyone can have a similar logo to, to what you get. What we do is we create bespoke logos where we understand 
the the client. You know, it's part of our onboarding process. We ask a lot of questions and it, it takes some time, right? So if you're someone that just wants to snap your fingers and hope that marketing happens, we're not the right people. Um, we'll help people understand um, a, a tagline, right? Let's 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 think bigger than a logo. And then we'll go through a couple rounds, typically three, where we start out with many different ideas for logos and narrow it down into to one that's that's you know really perfect fit. But that's that's not a brand, right? That's a logo. And and sure, we build a brand guide that talks about fonts and colors and different logo treatments. I think what really really makes a brand and how dentists can be successful is when you take those building blocks and you create consistency through your office, through the patient experience, and through your marketing. So when someone walks into the office, your brand colors are everywhere. Your logo is everywhere. Uh, When someone sits down in the chair and they get a gift bag, it's well-branded. And when someone walks out the door, the card they get is consistent. And when they go on your social media, the, the colors and the brands are all still there. We know that Revenue increases for businesses that have a consistent brand. There is a lift in actual revenue. And that's because there's that subconscious part of our brain that we operate around the world and and we can pick up on small little things and remember brand. If I say baby blue color, most women in this country will say Tiffany's, right? If, if I say golden arches, everybody says McDonald's. These are small logo elements, small brand elements that when consistently used over a long period of time will elevate a business and make it memorable. So don't make the mistake of thinking a brand is a logo. It's, it's the experience people have all the way down to how you treat them, how your office smells, and what they're what they have in their hand when they walk out the door and we've talked about this on this podcast before folks if you look at the ritz carlton chain that is an experience that is unmatched if you want to look at branding ritz carlton is you know (laughs) rolls royce compared to that that's what we're talking about here and it depends on what you want to be if you want to be you know uh the the ritz carlton dental office of xyz city this is what we got to do. If you want to be a uh, cater to uh, rural farmers uh, in, in the middle of Kansas, I don't know. That's what you want to do. So that, that's what you're talking about, right, Michael? It just depends on what you want to be. We have a dental office that literally has uh, places for people to hitch up their horse, horses. They're, they're in Amish country. And, and, and you know, it's I a good it. laugh, but the reality is they understand their audience and they understand their brand. And, and that is so important. I think with everything we do, Find ways to differentiate yourself. Like, you know, uh, my, my other least favorite thing people do on experience is they have things like the, the massaging neck pillows, the blankets, you get to watch TV and and then your team doesn't offer it, right? It's not enough to check oh, the box. Just like we have a right. ping pong table. Remember, and this is where coach your team, do role playing. Every person that's in the chair, assume they want it, right? Here's the remote. Pick out a show you want. Don't ask, would you like the remote? I don't want to impose as the patient. No, here it is. Pick out a show you want. I'll wait for a minute. Let me put the headphones on you. Like that's all part of the brand. <laughs> They'll remember that. All right. Talk about, I know we talked a little bit about print media, but I remember, you know, direct mail in the 1980s was a big deal. Do you still do direct mail campaigns with some of your clients? 
Yeah, sure do. We we absolutely do. I wouldn't say it's the bulk of what we do. Um, we're mostly digital, but you know, I think if you have a message and an offer that is uh, relevant and a a demographic that wants to receive that, then I think it's absolutely something that's doable. I I will tell you on the whole, the direct mail campaigns that do the best are the ones that do not put 10 pounds of stuff in a five pound bag on the direct mail piece. And they have a very clear offer that shows off the practice or the doctor. And they're probably going to a um, mid-income area that skews older. Okay, good good information. Um, talk about, your, you mentioned copywriters before because obviously the copy and the text, we don't want it to be pulled uh, from somewhere. It needs to be original. I know you guys have several copywriters on staff, right? Yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I knew the answer because you said that earlier. But uh, um, talk about the importance of a good copywriter. What's a good copywriter going to be looking for to create copy that, that's going to really grab people? I think it's important to remember that, you know, in, in, a, in a world that's increasingly um, marketing has been democratized, right? Like there, there's uh, there's website builders that you can build your own website at home and anyone can jump on social media and start posting content. We can all, you know, pick up our, our camera or our phone and, and create a YouTube video. So, so you might say to yourself, well, why do I need a marketing agency or why do I need to work with a marketer? I think it all comes down to content, right? That's where we see people stumble. In fact, in our earliest years, we would build websites and someone would say, well, can I save a little money if I write the content? And what we found is that when we put that on our dentists, uh, it takes a lot of time. Well, I didn't have time this weekend. Or all of a sudden you start writing content and you write an essay that's supposed to fit onto uh, a beautifully designed website. The two aren't compatible. So our copywriters are not just wordsmiths, but they really set the strategy. How are we communicating? Who is our audience? And they also um, set the structure, right? If you really look at a website next time, it's not just a bunch of text. It's not someone that sat in front of a white page of paper and just wrote a bunch. It's little pieces of content injected all over the site with the intention of getting people to do do something. So there's this idea of conversion-focused design or conversion-focused content. And our team, they're experts in writing for dentistry and motivating people to read the right things at the right time and say, I'm ready to call. I'm ready to fill out a form. And so, you know, just like anything in life, right? I, I, I've done my own taxes before. I've gone on H&R Block. I've tried. Um, yeah, yeah, it worked for a little bit. But let me tell you, the place I'm in at life now, I don't want to do my taxes anymore. And I would be terrible at it. Everybody here has written an essay, right? But when it comes down to your business performance, there's experts out there, like the ones we have in our office that know how to win hearts and minds and get people to pick up the phone and call. And, and I also want to say too, like one of the great pieces of having a dental specific copywriter, they know all about the dental equipment. They know all about the dental brands. They know all of the, about the difference between Panky and Kois and all these other huge organizations that everyone goes to for their CE. And they can write to that. They can write to the tenants of those. They can write to understanding 
the world that a dentist functions in, the questions that they're getting asked chair side. And so that's been a really, really amazing advantage in terms of, of us offering copywriting and, and having that is we have people who know what they're talking about. So I want to, I want to, I'm, I'm a person who likes to manage expectations. So a lot of folks who are going to listen to this and say, well, whoa, great. I'm just going to hire a wonderist and I don't have to do a thing. I don't have to do anything. They're just going to make me have like 30 new patients a month, like next week. It doesn't work that way. So talk about when you engage with a client, um, what is their responsibility? What do you ask of them? What do they need to do to help make the process successful? I think it's something we've increasingly really focused on setting clear expectations. Because again, er, early on, and these are the mistakes I think everyone makes in their career, it's easy to have open-ended conversations or to you know, not set clear expectations. And I go back to our first years that those were areas that I think we had to grow. Today, <laughs> we have a clear checklist of accountability, things that we need. And, and we'll talk about a few. The first thing is, you know, what are the things we don't control as a business? Fee schedule, how you intake a new patient, your front desk, um, the um, the financing options that you are aligned with and offer to patients, social proof, right? Do you have casework? The biggest agreement that we ask clients to make with us, though, is this. Anyone that listens to us talk, you'll hear early and often that we want to ditch stock images and we want to celebrate a practice authentically. That means that there needs to be a commitment to either capturing photos and video of the practice on your own, which is very doable, by the way. We have a guide that we give our clients that holds their hands step by step. Here's what you do. do pull your phone out. No excuses. Or there's a commitment to hire someone locally or there's a commitment to work with us. And if we can get that content, we know we are going to be able to produce the results that we've seen for years. The other thing that's critical, if you're doing any work above and beyond bread and butter dentistry, you need to have before and afters and you need to have video testimonials. And so having a system in place, I've talked to so many dentists and the excuses are long. Well, I just got a new camera. I'm still learning it. Well, I need to fix the lighting. I'm still remodeling the office. I haven't found the perfect case. The margin on this case is not good enough to show. If you want to be doing all on X, implant, veneer, anything that is a higher production case, you need to have social proof. If you're a fee-for-service practice or you want to be a fee-for-service practice, you've got to justify why should someone pay more to come to you? And it's often through social proof. So that's at the top of the list of agreements that we make with our clients. And then we start to get deeper into the actual business processes that they have to say, if we deliver a lead to you, are you ready? Are you booking out six to eight weeks? We ask that in our intake. How long does it take for someone to book out? Well, I, I, you know, I, I want to increase my collections next year by $200,000. How long are people booking out? Well, we, we've got a six-week wait. That's a problem. We got to do something about that. So those are things we talk about and make sure we have alignment with clients on. And you might encourage them, say, you know, you've got some issues in your practice because you've, you've been around the block enough to know how dentistry works. You know, maybe we need to work in conjunction with a consultant. Maybe we need exactly. a consultant to come in for a year before a marketing plan. Goes. Last thing to put a bow on this, Talk about some of the biggest mistakes that you see dentists making in doing their own marketing or with other marketing plans that they that they do. 
I would say first things first, you know, the more that we've grown as entrepreneurs and leaders and owning our own business is finding the right people to put on the bus is paramount and then giving them enough direction that they can function autonomously so that you can be the entrepreneur, that you can be the business owner and that you aren't stuck in the weeds doing the things that you shouldn't be doing. You should be doing the dentistry. You should not be doing the marketing. And so I would say that's a big one. Um, I would say second one, not taking a look around the big, beautiful office that you have spent a tremendous amount of money on and have incredibly expensive, amazing technology in and not showing that off, not highlighting it, not demonstrating what you can do with your technology, the experience you give a community. Um, so I would say those are the two big things that I can think of. What do you think? I mean, for me, number one is stock images. You've heard it all day today. Like if you're using stock images in your marketing, you're leaving money on the table. It's 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 holding you back in your business. The second one is not tracking results. And that goes yeah. back to the origins of Wondrous, right? The first client we had said, hey, I'm paying money to all these different marketing people and I don't know what's working. And I'm willing to bet there's someone listening today that just kind of hung their head a bit and said, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm writing checks. I think it's working. I hope it's working, but I don't know. And you should be in a position to clearly understand the mar- marketing spend that you have and the return on investment, the ROI that you're getting. So if that is a murky place for you and you don't know how to track that, give us a call. That's what we do. That's what we're expert in. And it can be just as important to identify things that aren't working like, guess what? Not everything we do works. I'll spoil the surprise. Um, but what we're good at doing is tracking them and turning things off that don't work and elevating the things that do and doing it quickly, not waiting for three years to finally find out that we wasted $50,000 on something that really didn't matter. Oh, one, of the, one of the things I loved about this, uh, this podcast that we just uh, that we're about to put a bow on is you gave our listeners many different tips that they can take and use. Uh, but, but guys, you know, I mean, I wouldn't do my own dentistry on myself. I wouldn't do my own marketing for my company. Um, I, I, you know, if if you're not getting the results that you're looking for, you might consider giving these folks a call. So one more time, uh, Michael and Laura, how, uh, how can everybody get a hold of you from, uh, listening to this podcast? Yeah. Uh, visit us at wondrousagency.com and there you can set up a time to meet with Forrest, Garrett, or Chris. Sounds good to me. Uh, Michael Anderson, Laura Maley of uh, Wondrous Dental Marketing Agency. Please stay with me as I take the podcast out. Thank you for your time and your expertise. And um, like I said, love the culture you created in in, in that office. And uh, what kind of beer do you have in the, in the deal? You know, it, 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 it's it's California, so we have kombucha, right? So it's it's the the, the very healthy, very nutritious, uh, slightly yeasty kombucha. Nice. But. All right. Well, I'll be there. At, let's see what's it. I'll be there in about an hour. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So folks, again, thank you for the honor and the privilege of your time. I am so excited about the podcast we have coming in 2024. We got a lot of great topics. We're going to cover what's relevant in dentistry, um, you know, to, to make sure that you have the information you need to make good decisions, financial planning. We're going to be talking more about retaining employees, management consultants that I just love, um, uh, who are going to help you with, uh, you know, tips of the trade and how to grow your top line. And uh, we're going to talk about PPOs and how to change your relationship with, with, with insurance. And, you know, we're just seeing more and more issues with that. So we're going to be doing a lot of that in 2020. 
Or again, I want to remind you one more time, please go to our wonderful partner, Decisions in Dentistry magazine, www.decisionsindentistry.com, 140 continuing education courses at a very reasonable price. Uh, That's www.decisionsindentistry.com. And again, if you're looking for a dental CPA, uh, please give me a call, 657-279-3243, or email me at awiederman, W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N, at idebailey, E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. Well, again, Michael and Laura, thank you so much. And that will do it for this episode of The Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. Please tell your friends about our podcast. We have thousands of people that listen every month and download, and I'm very proud of what we're doing, and we'd love to have everybody listening. So with that, have a wonderful day, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The Art of Dental Finance and Management Podcast is produced by Ide Bailey in partnership with Art Wiederman, CPA, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, and the Academy of Dental CPAs. For audience questions and feedback, email Art Wiederman, awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. Or you may call Art at 657-279-3243.